The Productive Woman, Episode 438. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan, and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you so much for joining me and welcome. In this episode, we're going to talk about things we can do to maximize our productivity and effectiveness at work. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at theproductivewoman.com slash 438. This episode is brought to you by Calm. I wonder, do you have anxious thoughts, whether about work or anything else? Are you restless sometimes at night? Or do you maybe sometimes just not feel like your best self? Making sure we feel our best should be a top priority because it allows us to present our best to the world and to accomplish the things that really matter to us. Well, by spending a few minutes with calm each day, you can be sure you're taking some necessary time to prioritize your well-being. That's why I'm so glad to be partnering again this year with Calm, the number one mental wellness app to help give you the tools that it can improve the way you feel. Calm helps you stress less, sleep more, and live a happier, healthier life. Their guided meditations, their sleep stories, their relaxing music tracks, and daily movement sessions are all designed to give you the tools to help improve the way you feel and therefore the way you present yourself in the world. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm, and I am one of them. Even if you've never meditated before, you can get the support you need to reduce stress, improve focus, and uplift your mood. The sleep stories can help you drift off quickly to recharge your brain, which is a key element to a successful life in general, but certainly a successful professional life. Those sleep stories also are great for getting kids to calm their minds at night so you can rest assured that they're getting the sleep they need. They have sleep stories that are specifically designed for kids. If you go to calm.com slash TPW, you'll get a special offer of 40% off the Calm premium subscription and new content is added every week. So you never get bored with the offerings there. So you can relax because Calm's got everything you need for a happier and healthier you. I've talked a lot about the sleep stories. I rely on those to help me get to sleep or get back to sleep when I wake up in the night. Uh, I've also been exploring some of the music tracks and soundscapes that they offer. There are dozens of playlists curated for different purposes. So whether you're looking for help in falling asleep or getting your morning off to a good start, focusing better at your work or anything in between, there are calm playlists that will help. They offer different yoga and movement playlists, others to help you relax and unwind or to uplift your mood. And they have those that are designed to help you focus, including study session playlists if you're a student or studying for some sort of certification, uh, and deep focus playlists that can be hugely helpful in keeping you focused on what matters at work. All of these are in addition to those sleep stories and the guided meditations that I've mentioned before. 
And as I said, for listeners of The Productive Woman, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off their premium subscription. To learn more, you can go to calm.com slash TPW. That's calm, C-A-L-M dot com slash TPW for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. Once again, that's calm.com slash TPW. Okay, so talking about work, I have received a few emails in the last couple of months asking some really good questions about being productive at work. And I have been pondering this for a few weeks now because obviously our work, whether we're employees, bosses, professionals, or volunteers, our work is really an important part of our life. And yet you might have noticed that I don't often talk specifically about productivity at work. I have devoted a couple of episodes to it, and I'll put links to some of those in the show notes. Episode 288, we talked about adjusting to work from home, and um, we've done a couple on workplace productivity, episodes 258 and 389, and those are certainly worth checking out. But I was looking back at this specifically because I've been doing this podcast for many years now, and really there are only two or three episodes that are focused on work, even though, as I said, this is a a big part of our lives, right? Part of the reason that I don't often focus specifically on productivity at work in an episode is I find it really difficult to address it in a way that will be broadly applicable, that is, will be interesting to you regardless of kind of where you are with respect to work. There are just so many variables in terms of the kinds of workplaces and the workplace roles, the way, what we do for a living and and how we do it and where we do it. I mean, work uh, can, can encompass everything from part-time work in service industries like food service, hospitality, retail, even childcare, to full-time work in what we think of as sort of traditional professional roles like nurses, doctors, lawyers, executive assistants, and educators, so much more than that. I mean, there's just such a wide variety there. Many of us run our own businesses and are entrepreneurs. Others work from home in jobs just across the spectrum. And so it can be difficult, or at least I find it difficult to figure out ways to talk about workplace productivity in a way that makes sense and sort of captures that huge variety of scenarios that we could be talking about. And that's what I've been pondering as I've read some of these emails and and thought about how can I address this in a way that's going to be useful and meaningful to a lot of us. But one thing that I have thought about is that really in most cases, the, the same principles of productivity apply regardless of where you work or what kind of work you do. And I've had a variety of jobs over the course of my life. I'm currently, and for the last oh, 25 years or so, I'm a lawyer and a transactional lawyer at that. So I don't go to court most of the time. And, you know, I, I do deals, real estate deals for my clients. 
But in past iterations of my life, my adult life, I've had jobs, you know, I was a pastry baker and a deli cook for a while. I've been an office assistant. I've been uh, a manager at a fast food restaurant. I've done all sorts of things. I've had a home daycare at different times. I've taught childbirth classes and, and did labor assisting. So my professional life, if you want to call it that, has, you know, been across the spectrum over the, the years of my adulthood. So what I thought I'd do today is share some of the principles and the tips and the, the approaches that have helped me in my work life across that spectrum, all those different things that I've done in my adult professional life, and see if maybe some of those might be helpful to you as well. But I'd really like to hear from you after you've listened to this and thought about it for a while, share with me what works for you in your professional life. And specifically, tell me what it is you do, uh, whether you work at home or in another location, whether you're your own boss or you work for someone else, and what works for you in terms of being productive in the way you want to be at your work. Uh, and definitely email me about that. You can send those emails to feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I'd, I'd like to be able to share that in a future episode because I've really been thinking about the fact that, as I said, work is such a big part of our lives. Whether we work from home caring for our own children or someone else's or we do other things, work is a big part of our life. And I'd like to be able to talk about it more on the podcast in the coming months and share some things that maybe will help us all. So I'd love to hear from you on that. All that being said, here are about nine or so techniques or principles or approaches that have been helpful to me and continue to be helpful to me in being productive in my work in the way that I want to be and that I think could be helpful to you as well, regardless of what kind of work you do. So the first one for me, the first thing that came to mind as I sat down to think about this was um, getting to work early. I have always tried to to do that, whatever my job was. And certainly as a lawyer, especially in the early years, I would try to get to work an hour or so before, you know, the, the official workday kind of started because it gave me a chance to start the day on a, on an unrushed footing and perhaps even to get some priority work done before interruptions began. So that's something maybe you can consider depending on what your work schedule is. Regardless, getting to work, even if it's just a few minutes early, so that you have time to kind of get yourself settled in and really be ready to hit the ground running, rather than rushing in at the very last minute uh, or even late, Getting to work early can make a huge difference in how you feel about your work day. And so I encourage people to consider doing that. And we'll talk a little later in this episode about some of the things that I have done during that early period of time, uh, you know, that hour or so before everybody else starts showing up. So that's the first one for me is, is to always try to get to work at least a little bit early. The second one uh, for me that's been important and that I encourage you to consider is do your best to establish 
for yourself a reputation as someone who can be relied on invariably for consistent quality work, uh, to for being a team player, as the, the phrase goes, even to go above and beyond. And the reason why I think this is important for productivity at work is twofold. First of all, it's good for the future of your career. When you establish that reputation of someone who can be really counted on, to to always be there, be consistent about doing good quality work, going above and beyond sometimes, it's good for the future of your career in terms of, you know, promotions or advancement. But it also has a more self-serving purpose. And that is, it makes it more likely, if you have a reputation like that, that you will be given some grace if and when those times come up when you need an accommodation, when you need to arrive a little bit late, whether you need some time off to deal with uh, personal situations or, or whatever it might be. That's something I found even as early as in my college career. When I was consistent about doing the best possible work that I was capable of, of always being in class, of always, you know, paying attention and, and being engaged. And it made it possible for me to get a little graced a couple of times when I needed it in uh, the classroom situation. And the same has been true in my professional life. Uh, you know, if I had a baby <laughs> right before finals or something like that, which happened, um, I, I my professors were inclined to give me a little bit of grace because I had established a reputation as someone who was could be counted on to do good work. And I tried to take that into my professional life as well. So something to consider as a sort of productivity tip that might be valuable to you. The third one is maybe a little more practical, and that is to be really strategic about managing communications. And I mean a couple of different things by this. First of all, the first one that came to my mind is email. It's an essential tool for most of us in our, in our lives and in our professional lives. Yet in some ways, it can be the bane of our professional existence because it is a source of interruptions. It is a source of additional work if you have the kind of job situation where you're getting, as I do, floods of emails that have to be waded through every day. And, you know, I forget where I first heard someone say that your email inbox constitutes other people's to-do list for you. And that I have really found that to be the case. And so finding ways to manage email can be really key and to our productivity at work but also really difficult for a lot of us. And I know this is something I struggle with, so I don't want you to think that I'm uh, you know, sharing these things and saying, I've got this, the secret here, I've got it figured out, because I continue even 25 years into my legal career to struggle with managing the floods of emails that I get. And there are different ways of managing that. The conventional wisdom from a lot of the productivity experts that we all listen to is that we should only check our email twice a day, maybe once mid-morning after we've spent some of that first morning time on priority work, 
And then again in mid-afternoon and just process, batch process emails at that time. And if that works in whatever your work is, then I think it's a great approach. I really recommend it. But some of us can't do that. I don't think anybody always needs to respond immediately, but some of us, because of the nature of our work, have periods of time where we need to be watching email, monitoring it, and responding as quickly as possible. For me, those times are when I have a real estate closing in process and the title company or my client or the lawyer on the other side of the deal will be emailing me with questions, things that need a response immediately because it's a time-sensitive matter. So I can't, on days like that, for sure, I can't just say, oh, I'm only going to check emails at 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock, and in between, y'all are just going to be out of luck. I wouldn't have a job if I did that. And I know you may have that similar kind of situation in your work. So what can we do? We, if, if that conventional wisdom, the recommendation of the productivity pros is not going to work for us, what are the alternatives to sitting and just watching email all the time and responding as every email comes in, which means we can't get any other work done, right? Because those constant interruptions mean we're not going to be able to focus on work. So my, the alternative I've come up with that might work for you if you have this type of, of job as well is to sort of do the alternative. So instead of instead of saying, I'm only going to check emails at this period of time, you know, at two o'clock and, and or 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. or whatever it is, we can do the reverse, which is to say, at this time of day, I am not going to be checking email. And maybe it's only going to be an hour or half an hour, depending on what kind of day you have. But to identify each day or at least several days a week, a chunk of time during which you actually can close your email inbox for a while and not pay attention to it so that you can focus your mind on other priority work without interruption. That's an approach that I've taken that's been helpful to me in managing email. I, I don't I don't have it all figured out because it continues to be kind of a, a challenge just because of the nature of the work that I do. But it has been helpful to me to identify those times in a day where I'm not going to be looking at email so that I can focus on, you know, what Cal Newport refers to as deep work. It might not be the same time every day. And those of us who like routines like me, I would like, I would love to say that every day at from this hour to this hour, I'm not going to be looking at email, but it just doesn't work that way for my career, uh, for the profession that I'm in. And so you can still establish those times and maybe it's a different time on different days. And maybe you just, you know, on a given morning, you look at your calendar and say, okay, here's where I've got a chunk of time that I can commit to myself, if nobody else, that I'm not going to be looking at email during this because I'm going to work on this other project that needs my attention. I, I believe everybody can find some time slots like that each week, if not every, every work day. The other thing we can do to be strategic about managing email communications is really learn and use the tools that our email program provides for 
doing that. So the, every email program has tools for archiving, for searching, for setting up auto replies, for filing things, um, and figure out what those are. A lot of businesses use Outlook. It has all those sorts of tools. And generally, any kind of uh, email program that's going to be used in a work setting, even Yahoo and Gmail have tools that will let you do these sorts of things. And it's a good investment of our time to learn what those are, uh, especially the auto replies and the out of office messages and the search functionalities and the creating folders or whatever works for you. But learn what those are, get good at using them and, and make good use of them. Other communications that we need to be strategic about managing at work are phone calls and meetings. And again, these can be important tools for getting our work done, but they can also be interruptions that keep us from getting that deep work done. And so to the extent that you can control them, and not all of us can control all of them, but try to batch them. So for instance, try to keep one day a week with no meetings, or at least a half day each week. If you can have any control over when things are scheduled, uh, try to try to batch them to on on certain days so that you leave other days uninterrupted and consider whether you can just like you close your email inbox certain times of day can you turn off your phone ringer and schedule certain times each day to return phone calls and other times where you're not going to be answering during this period of time because you're focusing on other work so there are techniques and ways of doing that that can help us be more effective at work. Um, kind of the, the sense of this, I guess, one of the things that I've been thinking about in this is the idea of establishing office hours. A lot of uh, university-level educators do this. They have office hours where their students know uh, they can go to the professor's office and the professor's going to be there and available for to meet with them. And other people can do that as well. One of my law partners who works with a distributed team and is very, very busy and travels a, a fair amount, she's established virtual office hours, uh, basically an hour each day that's on her calendar that her team knows that she's available for questions and and discussions about the, the work that they're doing or whatever. And it, which is not to say she's not available any other time, but she's allocated this specific hour. So for things that are, are important, but maybe not urgent, her team knows they can call her during that period of time and she's going to pick up the phone and be able to talk with them. So managing communications in a strategic way is a really important part of being productive as a professional uh, of, of any kind, uh, any, any work that we do. If you're an entrepreneur, having your, your hands around or your mind around how you're going to manage emails and phone calls and meetings for setting up new clients or uh, cre you know, talking with your team about new products, any of that sort of thing, communications with other people are a part of the job for most of us and figuring out ways to manage those strategically can make a huge difference. The fourth thing that I think is really important for being productive at work is, has to do with our, our workspace itself, whatever that might be. 
So whether you work from a desk or uh, in a retail store or what, wherever, you, an art gallery or an art studio, whatever you might do, keeping your workspace decluttered and organized is really key to workplace productivity. Clutter interferes with our focus. It increases our stress levels. It wastes time. It can be a health and safety hazard in some circumstances, and it looks unprofessional. On the other hand, maintaining a clutter-free and organized workspace allows us to work efficiently and effectively, not losing time while we search for that tool or that supply or that piece of paper that we need, and it's less distracting, so we're better able to focus. I encourage you to check out some of the resources listed in the show notes for episode 258, where I talked about the impact of clutter on our workplace productivity and the distractions that it causes. And I mean, there are studies that have have been done of this and uh, really good evidence that uh, a cluttered and disorganized workspace is not helpful to us being productive at work. So working on keeping your workspace decluttered and organized is a really helpful way to be more productive. And kind of to that point or expanding on that point, number five on my list is to find ways to eliminate as many distractions as you can. We've talked in past episodes about you know, the, the need to focus on our work and all the the many things that are interfering with our ability to focus. And one of those interferences is in the category of distractions. And those might be visual or auditory or internal. And so finding ways to eliminate those distractions so that you can concentrate and you can focus on doing your very best work as effectively and as efficiently as possible. So if it's visual distractions, it might be stuff that's sitting around your office or piles of things on your desk or your your workspace. Remove those things. Uh, get them out of there. It's, it's worth investing the time to do that. If the distractions are auditory, such as conversations, if you're working in an open workspace where you have a cubicle, Uh, or just there's background noise and other people talking and other things going on, there are ways to eliminate those distractions, whether it's wearing noise-canceling headphones while you work, um, turning off alerts on your computer or other devices, any auditory, any sounds that are interfering and distracting you from your work, look for ways to eliminate those or at least to minimize them as much as you can. One of the internal distractions that can come up is when, you know, the mind kind of is going, you're working on something and suddenly you have an idea about something else or you remember, oh, I was supposed to do this thing. I really encourage you to keep a notepad near wherever you're working where you can jot notes to yourself rather than stopping what you're doing to attend to something else or being distracted by worrying that you're going to forget, oh, I was supposed to return that phone call or I I was supposed to pick up this thing from the store, whatever it might be, whether these are work-related distractions or ideas or whatever, or, or personal, having a notepad nearby where you can just pause for a couple seconds, jot a note down, and then get right back to work can make a huge difference in your ability to stay focused on what matters. 
the other component of this though, is you got to know that you're going to look at the, the notes that you made for yourself. So establish a certain time or certain times each day to quickly scan that notepad, look at the notes you made to yourself and either take action on them or move them onto your calendar or your task manager as appropriate so that they get taken care of. And then you begin to trust yourself. You trust your, your mind begins to trust that these things will get taken care of so that you're not going to keep being reminded of them while you're trying to work. So again, eliminate as many of the distractions from your work as you can, whether they are visual, auditory, or internal. The sixth suggestion that I have in terms of workplace productivity, and here I'm talking about not just getting stuff done, but really making a meaningfully productive work life. And so my sixth suggestion is to find a mentor. And the corollary to that is be a mentor. So when I'm talking about finding a mentor, I'm thinking, who do you see in your field who seems to have a good approach? They're accomplishing things. They're um, whatever it is you like about the way they're working, uh, what they've achieved, uh, their demeanor at work, whatever it is, find that person, find a way to connect with them. Maybe just offer to buy her or him a coffee or lunch or something and have a chat about how are you doing all of this? What works for you? I'm struggling in this area of, of my work life. Do you have any suggestions? You seem to have figured out some solutions here and I'd love to hear what's working for you. Just have that conversation. It, this isn't about mimicking other people or measuring yourself by them because I don't think that's productive at all. But it's about learning from those who are doing what we are doing or doing what we want to do. Maybe those who are a little bit further down the career road than you are. And um, most people are willing to share what they know, and what they've learned with someone who really is interested in learning it and uh, applying it in their own life. And the other thing as I said, the corollary to this, to finding a mentor. And a, a mentor doesn't have to be someone that you're going to meet with every week. It can be, uh, you know, just a one-off conversation where you learn, how are you dealing with all the email we get here? Or what do you do about these meetings that we get, uh, you know, that we're, we're asked to participate in all the time? Or how do you find clients? Or whatever it is you want to learn in your work, find someone who you feel is, from your observation is doing a good job of that and ask for their input, ask for their ideas. But the other piece of that is to don't forget to pay it forward. There are people coming up behind you that can learn from what you know. I'll never forget uh, my first year as a lawyer was so stressful. The learning curve is so steep. When you come out of law school, you know things about the law and how to think like a lawyer, but you don't know how to do your job. And so there's so much to learn and, and you feel ignorant most of the time. And I'll never forget after I'd been there about a year when the next group of new lawyers came in to the firm and I realized I knew the answers to some of the questions they were asking. And I thought, you know, in this year, I've learned so much. So even if you haven't been doing it for very long, you know something that the newbies don't know. And so pay it forward. The people that have helped you 
improve and learn and grow, pay that forward to the people who come after you. The seventh suggestion that I have for being productive at work is to make good use of the resources that your company, your employer, your industry makes available to you, whether that's in the form of assistance, uh, whether you can have have a an actual assistant, which it's interesting. As a side note, I read an article just this week about how uh, how much that's changing in the workplace that companies that used to provide an assistant for every executive in their business no longer do that. Assistants are either supporting multiple executives or executives don't have assistants at all because so much of what a good executive assistant or secretary used to do now can be done by the executive him or herself because of the technology that's available to us. So it's a very different work world in a lot of cases. Nevertheless, looking at what your company does offer in terms of assistance, whether it's a word processing department or the mailroom or any kind of support that's offered, what training is available to you in your job itself or in how to use the the tools the company provides to you? What tools are there that you could make better use of to be more productive during your workday? What technology does the company provide that you can learn to use better? The more you know about your job and the tools that you use to do it, the more effective and more efficient you'll be. Uh, Number eight on my list is to take breaks. Uh, It often is the case that when we want to be productive, and especially when we have a lot of work to do, we feel like we can't take breaks, that the most productive thing we can do is just keep pushing through and keep churning out the work. But the truth is we need breaks. Uh, There's lots of research out there about this that our brains need a break, our bodies need a break, and we actually are more effective and more efficient when we come back from a break than we would have been if we had just kept working through that. So get away from your workspace. Take an actual break a couple of times a day at least to get away from your workspace, even if it's only for 10 or 15 minutes. Get up, walk away, do something completely different from what you were doing before. Get outside if you can or just you know, walk up and down a couple flights of stairs or walk a loop around the halls, uh, whatever it takes to give your mind and your body uh, a break from what you're doing, you will come back more refreshed and more effective than if you had just kept pushing through. And finally, number nine is to establish work routines in any area of our life. Having habitual ways of doing things over time creates automatic and more efficient actions. And you can be more reliable about your outcomes when you do that. I always think of how uh, certain things that I have had to do as a lawyer, uh, reports I have to make or ways of responding to certain things, that when you do things over and over again, you can't recall weeks later, what did you do about X on a certain day? But if you always do the same thing the same way, you can say with some confidence, you know, I can't swear to what I did 
on that day three weeks ago in that situation. But I can tell you that what I always do in situations like that, my routine is to respond in this way. And I'm pretty confident that's the way I did it that day. So it allows you to be more confident that you're getting things done in the correct way when you create routines and habitual ways of doing things that you have to do often in your work. So creating a morning routine can help set your day off to a good productive start. I used to get to work early, as I mentioned earlier, I'd boot up my computer, go get a cup of tea, and then come back to my desk and look at my calendar and my to-do list for the day, uh, kind of orient myself into what to, the day was going to look like, and then I'd get to work. And that that little routine that didn't take but, you know, 10 minutes altogether really would set me up for a successful day um, because I was focused and intentional about what I was doing. So having a morning routine, however detailed or, or brief it is, can really set you up for a successful day. Also having an end of work day routine, for instance, spending 10 minutes at the end of your workday before you leave to clear your workspace off, except perhaps for the materials that you need for the task you plan to do first the next day. Take a couple minutes to look at your calendar and your to-do list for the next day. Identify in your own mind, what are the top two or three priority tasks, the things that have to get done tomorrow? And what am I going to start with? Make that kind of tentative decision about what you will start with in the morning. Uh, Similarly, an end of work week routine can help keep things moving in a productive and efficient way. So toward the end of the day of your last day of your work week, take a few minutes to just clean and reorganize your workspace, restock any materials or supplies if you need printer paper or a notepad or whatever it is you might need. Take a few minutes to get those restocked so that when you come in on Monday, everything's ready to go. And then scan your calendar for the next week, make adjustments as needed, and make a tentative plan for Monday morning. Assuming your work week is Monday to Friday, you're going to do this on Friday afternoon at some point. Uh, Maybe make a couple phone calls or send the emails that you need to send to set something up for the following week, whatever it might be. Having that routine, again, it doesn't need to be a lot of time, but these these brief routines that set you up for a good start the next time you come in can make a huge difference in your productivity. So those are kind of my nine routines or principles that I've come up with that have helped me to be successful in my work life, both currently and in the jobs that I've held in the past. There's no magic here. There's nothing revolutionary or new or that we haven't talked about in the past, but just thinking about applying what you know about productivity to your workspace, your specific work life can make a big difference. Uh, The productivity guidelines for our work track the same principles that apply throughout our lives. How each of us implements them will vary depending on our specific work situation. I think maybe the most important thing we can do to be truly productive in our work life is to focus on those things we can control rather than getting caught up in stewing about those things that we can't. 
in any of those nine things that I just talked about, there you may have listened to one or more of them and thought, well, that's great, but I can't do that because I don't control this element of my work life or, you know, my boss doesn't cooperate or whatever it might be. It's important to recognize those things, but I think the most important thing we can do, whether we're applying one of those nine things that I just talked about or anything else in trying to be productive at work, is to focus our attention on the things we can control one of them being our attitude toward it and the way we think about it. Uh, And when we focus on what we can control and make small steps in those areas, we will become more and more productive and more and more satisfied with the work that we're doing. So those are my thoughts. I'd love to know what you think. How do you manage your work to maximize your productivity and effectiveness? As I mentioned earlier, I'd love to hear from you about this and we'll talk about it more in upcoming episodes. So if you want to share your thoughts on this, send me a quick email at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Let me know what you do, you know, what your work is, whether you work at home or somewhere else, whether you're the boss or, or you're an employee and what's working for you. And maybe, you know, what is your biggest challenge in in terms of being productive at work? If you'll share that with me, I'll kind of gather the best of the wisdom from the productive woman community, and we can have some conversations about it in the future. As always, you can share your thoughts and questions and ideas in the comments section of the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 438, or post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. If you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that's always a good place to continue this kind of conversation. And this is a private group for any woman who listens to this podcast And if you'd like to be a part of that community, just look us up, look for the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. Anybody can find it on Facebook, but only those who are members of the group can see who's in the group and what we're talking about there. And so if you find the group, just click that join button. Be sure you answer the two or three questions there to help me know that you really are someone who listens to this podcast and who's prepared to be a a part of the community in good faith. If you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can always email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. I'd love to hear from you. Remember, for listeners of the Productive Woman podcast, Calm is offering that exclusive offer of 40% off their premium subscription. And this can be something you can use both to help you get the rest you need to be productive at work, but also those, those uh, playlists, that I, the focus playlists and, that I mentioned earlier can really be helpful in staying on task at work. Just check it out at calm.com slash TPW, that's C-A-L-M dot com slash TPW for 40% off unlimited access to their entire library. And that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I am so grateful to you for spending this time with me. I don't take it for granted, and I hope you felt like it was worthwhile. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself, and go make your life matter.